0: All right, ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hip hop heads, do-rags, scallywags, and all the above. It's your boy Star Hip Hop Trooper, and you are tuned in to The Blurred View. From
1: uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Jonathan D'Angelo, a.k.a. Johnny D, and you are tuned in to another View session. And today, for the first weekend session ever, I have the OG hip hop trooper in the building. How you doing?
0: I'm doing good, man. It's, uh, the weather just changed here in Nashville. We went from 90 degrees to 50 degrees. Oh. But it's good. Time to break out the hoodies and the sweats, the long sleeves. So, what you don't know, I'm from
1: Atlanta. So I, I know how that weather is, and uh, I actually miss it. Because being in Alaska, it's been 20-something for the last two weeks now. I lived, uh, I lived in Atlanta for seven years. Did you
2: know that? No, I didn't. I, I- was there from 2006 to 2013.
1: Hmm. Yeah, seven years I was there. And that makes sense too because I saw like I've seen you in Atlanta, but you living in Nashville, it makes sense. Um, but I guess you when I because I remember the first time I saw you, you were it was about in that time frame. I couldn't give you the exact year, but it was about when, when you were living there. But I didn't think yeah. you were, I didn't think you were from there. I thought maybe you just came through, you know. So yeah, that's interesting. So I gotta get it out the way now. Is that why you like the Atlanta Hawks? Like, can we talk about that?
2: Alright, let's do it. So,
0: <laughs> growing up, you know, I, I'm old enough to appreciate the golden era of everything, from mm-hmm. um, movies, to music, and also to sports, and growing up in England, we were very restricted basketball. I played basketball like my whole life, like basketball is a huge part of my life, mm-hmm. and um, I played in Europe, I traveled around a little bit, won a couple dunk contests. Um, I, was, I was a beast, you know, my team was the first team in Europe to ever get endorsed by M1. Oh wow. Um, we, we had the Stefan Marbury's before anybody else in Europe. Um, I was a Dominique Wilkins fan.
2: Mm.
0: Everybody loved Jordan, they was all riding Jordan. I liked Dominique Wilkins. And to me, the Hawks were always an underdog team. They always got, you know, kicked out of the playoffs, but Dominique Wilkins was my man. Because uh, he inspired me, that team, like, you know. I liked the Detroit Pistons back then, but, but Atlanta Hawks, Dominic Wilkins, that was my team. Because nobody else, was. everybody was just riding Jordan. Yeah. When I moved to Atlanta, um, I used to work at Justin's, which was Diddy's place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I met everybody, you know, from Jordan to Shaq, you name it. And I remember the first time I met Neek, I was just, like, starstruck. Like, I don't really get starstruck. That guy was my idol growing up. Mm-hmm. And then one thing led to another, you know, Coach Drew, and I think it was, um, I forgot the other coach that was there at the time. There was Fitzdale and, oh, I forgot his name now, but they gave me tickets to every Hawks game pretty much. Oh, okay. And then one time I actually got an opportunity to play with the Hawks. Mm. Uh, so I was on the floor. It was, I was with Joe Johnson, Josh Smith. It was Childress, you know, Zaza. Um, it was that team. When we had a good team. <laughs> they've, always, they've always been my team now they're, they're a little rough um it feels like Philip Serena arena doing every, anything to get people in the building three hot dogs barbershops strip clubs i mean they're trying to do everything to <laughs> i don't know so I, I don't know you man when i go to the basketball game i don't think about getting my hair cut i just that doesn't make sense to me like I
1: see, and this is the thing. Like I, I know the era of basketball you're talking about. You know, as a '90s baby, I grew up watching. I think, I mean, obviously, I'm pretty sure you're older than me by at least eight years. How old are you? I'm 43. 43. God damn, black doesn't crack. Okay, yeah, I'm 28. So I said birthday last week. Oh, happy birthday! Happy belated yeah. birthday for sure. Yeah, no, yeah, you, you, yeah, I'm, I'm 28. So like, yeah, I remember the era of basketball you were talking about, and I was. Um, I was born in LA. Uh, my mom would not let me be anything less than a Lakers fan. Um, so I remember, I remember the Showtime Lakers. I remember Kobe Bryant, Kobe and Shaq, you know, I remember. Um, and so I remember that era of basketball you're talking about. Now I moved to Atlanta. Uh, I was born in LA, but I moved to Atlanta when I was seven. And so to fit in, uh, cause you know, Southern people, they're a little rough when it comes to their loyalty. So, like, I, I couldn't just walk around Decatur, Georgia, talking about, yeah, go Lakers. That, that's not a thing. So <laughs> I, had to, I had to conform, you know, I had to conform. So, yeah, I remember, uh, I remember the Hawks, yeah, when we had a great team. The problem with the Hawks, though, is that they, they have great players, you know, uh, Josh Smith, Kyle Korver, uh, Joe Johnson, Jeff Teague, uh, Al Horford, and then we trade them.
0: Oh, come yeah, you know, <laughs> like. Was one year, and the next year they will trade it.
1: Yeah, like, and so yeah, like I remember we had we, we've had great players that we just said bye, and it's like we, we make the playoffs every year, and we get closer and closer, and then when we're like one major play change away from making the finals, they're like, I trade them, or or like when we could make the like when we could make the top two, they're like trade them, and I'm like, God, ah. so I have. I have Hawks stuff in my closet. I have Falcon stuff in my closet, but I'm not going to lie. I, I definitely, in the open, rep the Lakers. And on the low, I'll be like, please make it, Hawks. Please make it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, yeah, when I seen that, I was like, that's an interesting sports team choice. You know, not being from this country, he had every team he could have chose from. So, you know, but I understand Dominique Wilkins was a man. Dominique
0: Wilkins yeah. was a man. And also, Magic Johnson was a hero to me growing up. You know, that era, Isaiah Thomas, you know, these guys were, like, heroes to me.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Which, is, it's funny then, because now with social media, everything to me is, there's more, but it's very diluted. Mm. In the past, you know, you had to buy a magazine, you had, to buy the, you had to buy the Vibe or the Source magazine to find out what was going on in hip-hop. Yeah. Because mm. it was the only Source, so everything you read, everything, every image that you saw, it, like, it literally engraved in your mind you know so i always tell people all the time like i love having access to air music like is you can just pull music out the air now where in the past you had a tape and that one tape you might have got from your boy you played that tape a thousand times Mm. there was no skip there was no fast forward you never got bored of a song you never lost interest so you knew the lyrics to every song before another album came out Right. When that's, you listen to some and in the kind and like skip, 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 you know, so like appreciation is kind of gone. But everything's still good, some of it, but the appreciation for it is not as strong as it used to be. And that's what it's like for me for sports heroes, because you never really knew about their personal lives. You just knew what you saw on TV. Yeah. And that's what you held on to, you know, but now it's like the TMZs and social media and there's, there's so much more now, like... I didn't know, you know, fashion and sports. It's just like, well, he's a basketball player. He just plays basketball, you know. Now you just see all this other stuff. So,
1: so adding to that, do you feel like it's, it, was, it was better back then when we didn't have as much access to information, when we didn't know who these people really were? Because um, on the one hand, you know, back in the day you didn't know what kind of person you were you know you were idolizing you didn't they could have been any kind of person and if it didn't hit headline news you never knew but then on Mm. the other hand that hero image that people have or Mm. or had that you know they all you saw was their performance and their potential and their skills like you know that was you know that was worth holding on to because it was more motivating than you know, for example, Kanye West dropping the first four albums of his career, and now all of a sudden he's in the White House with Trump. So it's like, do you feel like?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you feel like it's it was better back then than it is now?
0: Somewhat, somewhat. But then again, the world was a little bit more innocent back then too. Um, but uh, you know, I evolved with the times. You know, so it's kind of like better. It's hard to say, um, but for me. With everything, like like I said, I'm just I'm blessed and happy. I was part of those golden eras, and I was able to move on through technology. You know, from even playing my NES to now playing PlayStation VR. You know, I I remember going to someone's house and crowding around an Atari 2600 <laughs> and waiting 45 minutes to have a go on Pitfall in a sweaty room full of 40 people. And now I'm playing playing Battlefront on VR. Like it's. You know, I've seen it all, yeah. you know. And I'm just happy to, to, my level of appreciation for like cool shit is like off the charts because I've experienced when shit was cool but it wasn't really that good, but it was still cool,
1: you know. So getting into the, getting into the foundational Q&A, so what got you, so you're 43, so you have a span, you have a wide span of experience. What got you into being a nerd in the first place? um
0: well for me it's funny because i think the word nerd is became almost like a, a label or people want to now be a nerd i think to me if you express if you express something you love to the full you could be a nerd in anything you know that kid every day that takes that basketball to school he's a basketball nerd because yeah. he's yeah. always repping it, you know all the time so I've always been into, of course, Star Wars. Um, had all the action figures, not all of them, but as many as I could have as a kid growing up. Uh, I've always been fascinated by comics, as well as movies and just the culture of expression, you know, just the, and you could say extreme expression, you know, even like cosplayers, you know, to dress up and spend hours and hours and days and days making costumes and go to a convention and spend thousands of dollars on hotels and passes and and wait in line for hours to go to panels and shows and wear this costume, like that's extreme fandom. You know, I think it's, and for me, I've always, I've done everything to the extreme. Everything I've ever done, I've never done anything halfway. Hmm. It's always been all the way. You know, I wanted to be a Stormtrooper, did it. Didn't really like it. I did like it, but at the same time, I went to a convention where, I didn't know there was the First Legion. I didn't know there was a difference between shitty armor and movie quality armor, even though I think the movie quality armor is actually shitty armor. When you watch Star Wars, A New Hope, they're running around, there's duct tape, things are falling off, it looks <laughs> whack, right? So, <laughs> so kind of like, you know, so when I did the Hip Hop Trooper, you know, first time I did it, here's me in my kind of like ragtag armor. I'm walking to the convention and everyone's like, Stormtrooper, I'm like, yeah, I'm a Stormtrooper, I'm a Stormtrooper, I'm a champion. I get to the show, I see other Stormtroopers and I'm looking at their stuff, looking at my stuff and I'm like, oh. It's like the first day at school. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's wearing the same thing. And you show up with like, this, um, in England there's a term called Zephyrs. They were like, I don't know what the Payless equivalent would be today, but I showed up with these shoes and got laughed at. Mm. That was a I had. And then I just, I went back home it's funny, I just got this boombox and I was just taking it everywhere. And I said, I'm gonna take the boombox back. This was in Atlanta, DragonCon. Mm. And I looked at my armor, I said, no, I'm gonna, well, you know what? I'm gonna change my armor to fit. And I think I watched Crush Group, Crush Group and Beat Street that same day. And uh, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna be a hip hop, like Stormtrooper. Mm. I'm gonna be hip hop, but also in the Star Wars universe. Um, and then my story just popped into my head how i become and then boom the character was born straight after that hmm.
1: and and you are probably the most iconic mashup in nerd in black nerd culture right now um people know like hip-hop trooper oh yeah that dude yeah like they know you know without a shadow of a doubt you know and you yeah. walk around with the big medallion and the <laughs> and the adidas track store like it was yeah. like how did you come up with Did you, cause you said you, um, on your page, you say you get a lot of influences from old school hip hop and you, you were, you're 43. So my mom's 46. She was born in 71. You were born in what? 76, 74, 76, something like that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Five. Uh, 75. Okay. So you, yeah. So hip hop was 70 hip hop kicked off in 73, technically, right? 73, 74. So you.
0: To go back earlier than that, but we won't get into all of that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, commercial. Like Yeah. And then the disco era and the Sugar Hill Gang kind of yeah. they, they brought it to the forefront. But there was hip hop before that. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was kinda of yeah. like, you know, Hype Men on the mic and stuff like that and street battles and such. Yeah. Um But the, the 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 Sugar Hill Gang kind of disco era kind of brought it forward to the world. Um, you know, took it out the streets. And that's when things started blowing up. My parents used to play that stuff all the time. They would have pies at the house, and I would hear this music. And I was like, oh man, this is cool. We weren't allowed to touch the record player in the house, of course. (laughs) Uh, So I remember I saw, I think I saw the Fat Boys and run the MC. And I was just blown away. And Jam Master Jay was scratching. And I was like, so I remember seeing my dad's record player, because they weren't really turntables back then, they were Mm -hmm. record players. Yeah. I jumped on (laughs) it. Don't touch it again, you know, don't touch that. But I was, just, I was just fascinated by the sounds and the fashion and the culture. You know, everything from the tracksuits to the Duke Chains, you know, press kicks. My parents couldn't afford those things. That's why to this day, my wife always says, why are you buying that? I couldn't get it when I was 10. Why are you buying that? I couldn't get it when I was 10. Like I'm getting ready to buy a BMX because I, my parents couldn't afford them when I was a kid, but I want a BMX. I might not ever ride it because I'm scared of getting hit by a car, but I'm still gonna
1: get a BMX. Man, <laughs> I'm not even mad at you. Like, I, I'm not. I'm not. Like, I, 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 I'm not mad at you. I understand. Like, I, I came in. I came into hip hop at its peak because, like I said, I was born in '90, so hip hop was like peaking slash plateauing. Um. So, but I, 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 perfectly understand you. Like, I remember the '80s Adidas track suits. And I still to this day want one. I, have, I don't know why I haven't bought one. I literally go online right now and buy one. I just haven't bought one. Um, I remember the, the gold medallions. I remember all that stuff. Like that was, and then the, 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 the kangaroo hats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and so like, it, and that's what inspired you to make your costume was your influence. Cause you say in Big Daddy came, Run DMC, they all had the, the, the Adidas track suits and the starter jackets back when starter was real big. L.O. Cool J popped uh, became the FUBU uh, model. So that's where you got your, the old school.
0: So, yeah, um, the, the hip-hop trooper is born from that era. Um, Run DMC, that's the only reason why I'm rocking the three stripes, Adidas or Adidas, depending on what part of the world you're on. Um, not because of the brand. And people sometimes get confused. Mm-hmm. I've never really set out to promote a brand, you know. Now, I have a gig with Champion right now. We work together on a lot of projects. So I do actually promote Champion as much as I can. But then I got the nickname, the Cosplay Champion. So then when Champion approached me, it kind of made sense. Yeah. And that's when, yeah. I, that's when I went into the, the hip-hop workshop and built the Champion Edition armor. People get so confused, they see me wearing the Champion armor and they think I painted over the Adidas armor. No, there's a thing called having multiple suits. Iron Man has it, Spider-Man has it, OK? <laughs> I can have multiple suits. I have multiple suits. (laughs) So, so just just so people know. (laughs) Just like Boomboxes. I mean, look, I'll show you right now. Like, right now, this was the original Boombox from the original photo in 2007 that went viral. Yeah. With me walking on the street and walking past the Stormtroopers. Then I rocked this one when I paint my armor red. Um, This one has a little Stormtrooper in here that's actually DJing. Um and then you can see that's the OG helmet right here. And then obviously I I've moved on to other boom boxes, boom box, old schools, old schools, and another one here, another one here, and then there's the the Death Destroyer down here.
2: How do you and get that out good. the house? <laughs> I it, and carry it. It's not heavy, that thing looks huge. Oh yeah, Death Destroyer is uh
0: what is it? 50 pounds, 52 pounds, something oh, like that.
2: That's not bad,
0: it looked big, it looked bigger than that. <laughs> I mean, it's so funny because I like, do show stuff, even like some mailboxes, people go to pick up and they're like, how'd you, how'd you carry this? <laughs> and the thing is, like, these are people that are wearing t-shirts and shorts. I'm wearing full armor, yeah. which I'm a little restricted, even though I, I, I do build my armor pieces to move a lot more than standard Stormtroopers. Like, when you see me walk around in Stormtrooper armor, I walk the same as I do in regular clothes. Mm-hmm. That was important to me. Like I wanted to bring that, kind of like that swag, so to speak, that attitude with the armor, rather than have all this like attitude or whatever in the armor and then be like clunky and robotic. Cause that wouldn't really make sense. So, so you... I had to make, so.
1: My bad. Yeah, go ahead. So you don't, so you don't buy your stormtrooper costumes like
0: everybody else does. No, I, I would buy armor kits. Okay. Then and I would cut them, reload them, shake them, and obviously paint them, and, and do everything like that. So how long did, but, how long did it take you to make your first one? Well, the first, my very first one I bought out of a box, mm-hmm. and I owned oh, it. Nothing fit, and it was all clunky, and I couldn't move. But then again, it was that was kind of what it was like in the movies. Anyway, if you watch them, they were all clunky and they don't move too well. Yeah. Uh, but then I then when I reinvented the hip hop trooper, I went back and said. I need to make this better. So that's when I used Google as research. I found out using different elastics and instead of Velcro and just all these different techniques. And a lot of techniques I, I invented myself just from failure, just from messing up, messing up, spending money, wasting money, you know, different grooves, different paints. Until now, I've pretty much perfected it. But I'm always – I technically have four different suits. Hmm. But I'm always swapping out pieces, standing down, repainting, repainting, repainting. repainting. So I'm always, like, swapping – like, spare tires. Yeah. Like, one suit is just literally spare tires. So i would be like, oh, man, this is scratched up. So let me just go back, sw- swap it out with this one. Now I can repair this one at a later date and then swap it back out again.
1: And so, like, is the red the only color that you rock? Cause, or or do you, are you thinking about exploring different, like, blue, yellow, like, black?
0: Uh, a bunch of cats all over the world that I've inspired. Like, there's black hip-hop troopers, red, no, yellow I've seen. I've seen blue, I've seen orange, um, so many people now. And for me, like, I'm just going to stick with the OG um, because that's what everyone recognizes me as. Like, i played around with changing my lenses out. I have multiple gold chains, multiple kicks. Of course, multiple boomboxes. But I kind of just want to stick to, you know, what I'm known as, you know. And the reason I'm red is because in the movie Beach Street, Battle of the Roxy, Mm. Rocksteady, Rocksteady, Rocksteady crew and the B Street Breakers blue or red and I decided to go with red because to me that's one of the most, most iconic scenes, dance battle scenes in movie history to this day I still get chills when I watch it um, and yeah that's the reason why I went red Okay. you know
2: people is- are
0: asking them, why are you red, why are you red and there's no red stormtroopers in movies this is, why are you red and the funny thing is <laughs> I always tell, like I've done shows before and um, people told me, you know, like, you know, how can you, you know, Red Stormtroopers are not quote-unquote canon, you're you're not canons. Well, yes, I've yet to be in a Star Wars movie and I probably won't ever be in a Star Wars movie. But you know what? In real life, I'm canon as F. fill the blanks.
1: (laughs) No, yeah, I agree. I agree. Have you? Have you ever ran into um, Smooth Cosplayer, his grand, his Grandmaster Jedi? Have you seen him?
0: Yeah, actually did some photos together at Bloodcon. Yeah. Um, earlier this year. Yeah, that's my dude, man. I've known him probably about six, seven years now. Because when I first got into this on a public level, mm-hmm. um, like going to Dragoncon and stuff like that, there was only him and a handful of other like black cosplayers. Like there wasn't a lot. Um, and especially like expressing the avenues of the culture that we have, you know, the characters in movies, everything from The Last Dragon to coming to America, you know, all these movies now that we're doing in the cosplay community where before it was just kind of hidden or saved for Halloween. Uh, so he was around, but now it's like, it's incredible now how everything's just changed. You know, it's now it's gone from. You know, a few people here and there to like groups and, groups and groups and groups and groups and groups and so much more now. And I think Black Panther played a big part in that. Oh, definitely. Uh, definitely. Yeah. That's why that's another reason why I, I know that's why it makes sense for D.C. to do Black Superman, because it's going to help save their franchise. <laughs> and if the black community support Black Superman like they supported Black Panther. I mean, billions of dollars are going to be made. OK. Question on that though, question on that though. Yeah. So
1: if, if they do cast, and this, this, I've actually asked a lot of people this question uh, because representation is important full circle. So if they
2: did have a black Superman, would you accept the same Clark Kent backstory? This is my thing. Um,
0: my mother worked in the movie theater when I was a child. Mm. And she couldn't get a babysitter, but she used to sneak me into the movies and hide me in the back with, like, a huge box of popcorn. And I sat through the original Christmas movies wow. hundreds of times. And the crazy thing is, I could put any movie on right now, from Star Wars to Beat Street to Breaking to Cush Groove to The Last Dragon. All these iconic movies, which I love to death. But nothing gives me goosebumps, chills, and memories like OG Superman, Christopher Reeves. Just mm-hmm. the best, hands down. Henry Cavill, I think he's whack. I don't like him. <laughs> I, I just lost him, I think he's whack. I was excited, you know, especially from a fellow Brit to be cast as Superman. He's a great actor. Don't get me wrong. He, he's great in so many movies. I think he was dope in Mission Impossible and newer. Um But I think he's a whack Superman. Like, he doesn't, like, Superman always had that nerdy, kind of, like, clumsy, and then all of a sudden, Superman. Yeah. So every kid that was kind of awkward could relate. When... Henry Cavill is just awkward, full stop. Like, (laughs) awkward. Like, I don't like him. Like, so I'll take anyone as Superman. I'll take Dave Chappelle as Superman, man. I don't care. I'll take take anyone at this point. Just give me Superman. (laughs) But, I mean, don't you feel like,
1: as far as his backstory goes, like, could you accept a black kid crash landing into Kansas and then getting adopted by this family and then never having gone through any of the things that we as Black uh, men or Black people in general have gone through just for him to end up in Metropolis, saving people without any kind of moral questioning as to like who he is or what he believes or what he really stands for based on how he was treated. Because I don't know if you watch Supergirl on CW, but, John Jones is played by a black actor and they made her, they do it all the time in Supergirl as far as like racial divide and, you know, segregation discrimination based between aliens and humans. But the actor, uh, the actor who played John Jones, he even mentioned it in character. He was like, you know, I've seen discrimination firsthand as being an alien and a black man in America. And so like, do you, could you see Michael B. Jordan playing Superman, but still being as innocent as a white Clark Kent? Oh,
0: if they do it, if they follow the comic books and do the Earth 2 story, that would be intriguing and interesting Mm -hmm. and fresh. But to try replicate the originals, I'm still going to compare him to Christopher Reeves, which he's going to fail short of. I hate to say it, but I'm kind of stirring the shit pot. It would be fun to see the outrage. It's kind (laughs) of like, it's just... I get so entertained by the, like, the internet now, the people's opinions, the trolling, which I, if you look on my page, I just, I stay out of all that stuff. You know, I say my little opinions sometimes, I try not to get too controversial, I'm not like talking about politics or race. But if you sit down with me, like having dinner or something, I'm all about that, like everything. But in terms of social media, I just try to keep it like fun and entertaining because too many people got too many opinions. Yet, if you're negative on social, if you're looking to be popular on social media, negativity will get you there faster. Facts. Right. Being positive is cute, but people get bored of that really quick. They want to see drama. They want to see some form of hatred or some, some form of evil or, you know, rudity or something. They want to see something that's going to, you know, make them go, wow, you know. So I avoid all that stuff, man. Um, but it will be fun from the outside looking in. Just like when Force Awakens came out, And then the black stormtroopers showed up and everybody went crazy. Stormtroopers are not black. and (laughs) It's like, then what are they then? You know, it's kind of like, if you look at the making of the original um, New Hope, you'll see plenty of behind the scene pictures with black actors, Mexican actors, Asian actors that all play stormtroopers sitting down, sweating their ass off, taking breaks Mm. during that movie. So in fact, black stormtroopers have been around since day one. Because you mean to tell me in the Star Wars universe, Billy D. Williams was the only black man flying around. In the universe. Mm-hmm. In, the... Yeah. <laughs> in the
1: whole damn universe. Like, yeah. and, you know, it's, 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 you know, and to add on to that point, you know, like a lot, of, a lot of my half of the generation was like, stormtroopers can't be black. And then it didn't help that in episode two, when they showed you how clone troopers came to be, they were all cloned from this white guy. And so then it mm-hmm. just validated that opinion that stormtroopers can't be black, and it was like, I, it was an indirect, a completely indirect drop uh, ball drop. But it was, you know, it's like, well, they're not canon because in episode two they're all cloned from uh, from Jango Fett, and he's white, and it's like, oh, <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually an islander, you know, he's an islander. Well, so true, true. But, but um, he, but but white passing, I guess, is the phrase we could use for
2: it. White passing. So but, you know, it's kind of like.
0: It's just, it's just funny though, like I said, people, even with me, like, like stereotypes play a big thing. And it's something that I, I'm very conscious of all the time. That's why in my bio, my story, you, can, you, you never send a picture of the hip hop trooper with a blaster. Now I have boom boxes. Mm-hmm. And if you read my bio, I traded my blaster for a boom box, came down the earth to help save hip hop. Um, because Main reason is I didn't want to be that hip hop negative image that society thinks is related to hip hop. You know, um, that's why I just I don't have a blaster. Now could you imagine if I had pictures with a blaster, you know, bang bang, you know, that quote unquote gangster image, I would probably be more popular because it might be cooler to some people that don't get the culture but want to see that negative image. But it's something I don't want to do. Like, I do shows and, you know, I'll be with other people in costumes and they give me a gun and I will say, no, I don't do guns, man. And, you know, I just don't do, I just don't do guns. Um, now, my other costumes, like Boba Fett, my Sandtrooper, my Shadow Scale, I've got guns all day. You know, get the strap. Like, I've, I've got guns. Yeah. But Hip Hop Trooper, nah, man, just, just boomboxes. That's it. But do you feel like because Hip Hop Trooper represents 80s hip hop,
1: which was an entirely it's a different idealism at the time, that people would actually still mix that up? Because, I mean, we had Ice-T, N-W, okay, Ice-T, N-W-A, sure. Um, I'm missing two names for gangster rap founders, and it's killing me right now. But Ice-T and N-W-A, uh, we had for sure. And then Scarface. But he was, a, he was a Southern rapper. Your, your costume was based on New York 80s
0: hip-hop influence. Yeah. Do you still think you people that, would confuse if that? If you look at 80s hip-hop album covers, people were having fun. Yeah. All album covers, people were having fun. And the poses, the images were so different. Then, then it got into the, the 90s. That's when... The, the angry faces and the guns and the imagery and the whole gangster thing. Which, don't get me wrong, like, I'm not against it. You know, I, my, my playlists go all over. Um, and I loved every era of hip-hop. Not so much now, but I think it's coming back. And everyone who, like, the golden era, well, the 90s, although if you go on YouTube, everyone's still making music. And it's dope. But the radio stations are not interested. You know, unless you've got tattoos on your face and you're just throwing money in strip clubs, they don't want to promote you because that's the image now. But it's slowly, I think, coming back around again. And then you've got the Kendrick Lamar's, you know, and such that really changing it, you know, not only a step above everything else, but the kids today, they want that quick gimmick, you know, that that quick gimmick, that turn up, you know, that catchy hook, you know, that's all they want. You know, and it's kind of tell people, I don't listen to new stuff. There's some songs that, that, that I'm like, I get, like, I like it. And I might find, I find myself just singing. It. And I'm like, what am I doing? Sometimes I wake up singing Britney Spears. And I'm like, where did that come from? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but I'm not playing it in the house. Yeah. Uh, but I always tell people like, I'm not against, I'm not against new hip hop. I just don't understand it. You know, I'm not popping mollies. I'm not going to strip clubs. I'm not, Trying to promote some someone who I'm not. So I just, I don't get it. So, and kids, some kids today do get it. It's just not part of my lifestyle. So I just like, yeah, I don't really get it. But there are kids that get it. And these new rappers are making millions of dollars. And it's crazy, man, because imagine if social media was around in iTunes and streaming during like Public Enemies heyday and um, Big Daddy Kane. and I mean, those guys would be like,
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah, of course. Legacy, legacy, and
2: yeah.
1: like when hip hop changed, you know, a lot of old heads had to find other, you know, other things to do because a lot of people didn't want to hear me anymore. Like, I mean, Ice Cube drops an album or talks about dropping an album, people roll their eyes, you know. But I was raised on,
0: you know, born yeah. being born
1: in L.A., you know, and my, you know, my mom being, you know, this, you know, this, this hardcore woman that she is, you know, love her to death. She, you know, she listened to like I was raised on our 80s r eight 80s r&b and 90s gangster rap so yeah. like i remember luther vandross patty labelle michael jackson janet jackson nwa tupac <laughs> like that would be the
2: playlist of the day like my mom would be jamming out to that one while cleaning one second one second you're right, one second. all right
0: Boom, I'm back. But yeah, man, I feel you, man, because I was raised on, man, the amount of vinyl in my parents' house as a kid. And I was obsessed with these albums, man, like the album covers. I just tell my wife the other day. we was watching the uh, Quincy Jones documentary on Netflix, which was incredible. Like, I knew, I knew how, how iconic he was, but I didn't know the whole story. Yeah. And also yeah. the you know, all the things that went wrong, you know, the fact he's still alive and the fact that he's still working is, is insane. Um, true icon. But album covers, just like, remember the big CD covers that came out? Like, you would buy an album and open it up, you know,
2: tapes, and you had like, look, I'll show you now, what? So, look at this.
0: You better bring out some stuff So look, I got tapes today, so rock sales moves wow bikes right from the record store get on the bus this in my walkman and then immediately i'm doing this and i'm reading this back to front the imagery the producers everything just like i'm obsessed with this and this doesn't exist anymore in modern music it just doesn't exist you know and of course vinyls kind of made come back and you can go to Urban outfit and spent a hundred dollars on the record. Um, but back then, man, it kind of put you really in touch with the artist, you know, it was like a book and plus the audio to go with it, you know, and you, you became like just obsessed with the music, man.
1: I remember that. I'm
0: like, I remember doing that. I remember having, I think, the
1: first man. The first tape I listened to, uh, my mom had this huge stereo. Like when I, to to my memory, like as far back, like as far back as my memory goes, mom has this huge tower and it had a CD player and a tape player and a radio in it. And, um, I, my first tape was, I want to say she had, um, it was, uh, Janet Jackson. I want to say it was Velvet Rope. And um, I didn't know what the hell Janet was talking about back then. As a as a grown man, I do now. But that was one of my first. That um, Monica's first Monica's first album slash tape. Tupac um, Digital Underground. Like I had a whole bunch of those. CL Smooth and Pete Rock. Um, Eric B and Rakim. I had all that. Notorious B.I.G. And I also had I had a yellow Walkman. I'll never forget a yellow Walkman. And it was when the headphones were really thin and the uh, earpieces were really, really like small and uncomfortable after a while. And I would just sit there. And then um, I remember uh, my mom told me, "Like you better not get like you better not let them kids take your stuff, and you better not lose it." And then um, I remember, <clears throat> I mean, I never forget the first time I remember getting my ass beat was not scratching a record, uh, because my mom didn't have a record player. My great grandma did, but my uh, I remember I, I messed up one of my mom's tapes. And the uh <laughs> the film came out the tape, and I had no idea how to fix that. And that was probably the one of, the biggest ass movements I ever got. Now later, I I, I you know I watched my mom fix it with a pencil. <laughs> but man, like yeah, that that man that tape. I remember you're right. It was a book. It was a book sitting there reading the producers and the, the executive producers who made the album. It even had the lyrics on there sometimes. And yeah, I remember that man. That was a long, long. time. Here's
0: a story, man. Um back when I was at school, uh, listening to the radio, you know, I would always obviously have the, the boombox, you know, like a So, I would always sit there, and anyone, most people know about this. So I'd sit there all day, finger on, play and record, waiting for the radio to drop that song. <laughs> trying to get What's the mixtape. Oh yeah.
1: man, trying to get
0: the so, mixtape. So I'm sitting there, and, um, but I ran out of tapes. I ran out of tapes. So I knew my dad had some tapes in the drawer. So I, I, I go in a room. I'm going for all these tapes. And I found a Two Live Crew tape. And I didn't know who the Two Live Crew was. Like. Oh, no. So I remember, like, I was, like, the album it alone. I was, like, what, what is this? So I was, like, I was, like, what is this? And I was reading the song the lyrics. And I was reading the tracks. And I was, like, wait, what? So I'm, like, playing it. And I, my my mind just exploded. Let me tell you something. So then I wouldn't allow to take my dad's boombox out of the house, but I took it to school that day. When I, when I can tell you I was the king of school for like two weeks. <laughs> I'm playing these nasty raps, man. And everyone at school is just like, what? Like, we've never heard nothing like this before. You know, we've heard some cussing and blah, blah, blah. But they were saying some 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 crazy stuff, you know. And uh Yeah, man, Uncle Luke, man, two live crew, big ups to them. You know, they were a big part of my childhood, man. (laughs) Big part of my childhood. No, yeah, facts. Growing up in Atlanta,
1: though, like, I heard all that ratchet shit. Like, I heard all that stuff. Like, (laughs) so, like, you could you you could like, my mom stopped listening to the radio because when we moved to Atlanta, um, Lil John and the Eastside Boys had first started getting traction. Um... Oh man, there was a oh god, I can't, uh, two live crew. There was a couple other artists I can't. I can't. I don't know why I can't remember the dude's name. I was just listening to him yesterday, but there was like a couple of songs um out there that my mom was just like, "What is this?" and she had to cut that off real quick. Um, it was. That's when that's when the South started getting real traction, though. That was that's when the South started getting real traction. Um, but yeah, like I. I, I, I going back to your initial point though, I agree with you. I, I think that if you had a blaster, it would it would take away from your image. I like the fact that you have the gold chain and the Adidas tracksuit paint and the uh and the boom box. Because anything yeah. else, anything else would take away anything anything more, anything less would take away from the identity of who you are. And I appreciate the fact that you, as the saying goes, are
0: true to the to true to the game, you know, yeah. when it comes to hip hop. Like I always tell people I fight I've had many opportunities, like I've turned down music videos, I've turned down certain TV shows and stuff, because they want to portray me in a different image than I created. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the term sellout, for instance. Um, I don't, you know, I, I get parents send me messages, you know, I know kids that get bullied, and I send them hip hop trooper stickers, and they stick them on their lunchboxes, and they take them to the school, and the kid's like, Whoa, you know hip hop trooper? Then I give them a phone call, send them a message like, You know, I have kids sending me drawings and paintings and I go to conventions and there's kids lined up just to meet me. And I ask myself, I'm like, I'm not going to throw that away for a potential little bit of fame. What, some more followers, a little bit of money. And then what happens then? You know, it's like I become this character that, you know, I'm already part of the empire, quote unquote, the dark side. But I'm not going to the dark side, you know, like... And if I wanted to go that route, I would be super popular. Just like all these people on Instagram doing like negative videos, running into Burger King, jumping on the counter, you know, doing all this stuff. If I did that, I would be massive. But I'm not, that's just, I'm not doing any of that cooning and, and buffooning just for fame, you know, and also um, just taking away from the image I created. Cause I'm still that Run DMC, like golden era. And I'm not gonna go and just be negative For what you know to try fit into today's like social media, let's get famous quick scheme, you know? No, absolutely. And you do a lot of charities too.
1: So one of the ones I actually want to talk about. So you walk ten miles in the stormtrooper outfit?
0: Mm Hmm. I've done it uh, five years now. So I've done it. The last one I did it as hip hop trooper because I would move at a ballet. And I couldn't fly with two sets of armor. That's just too much. Um, so I was DJing a show in May 4th as Hip Hop Trooper in LA. So it made sense to just do that and the next, and the next day do a hike. You know, the day before and then the next day DJ. And, um, but before that, I wore my Sound Trooper 10 miles. Um, yeah, we started off doing 6 miles. went up to 7 miles. And then before we knew it, we were doing 10 miles every single time. And I had a, an amazing crew of people that did it with me. And it keeps getting bigger and bigger every year. And I always, like, it's an open invitation. You don't have to have a costume. You can come dressed as Wolverine for I Care. You know, it's about raising money. It's about raising awareness. And also, it's just creating this, like, Mardi Gras, like, parade of just, you know, just having a good time and just walking 10 miles as a squad,
1: you know? And is that in LA every year or does the location change?
0: I've done it every year in LA. I'm this year I don't know yet. I'm communicating with some friends in LA. Cause they of course still want to do it. I might fly back for it, or I might do one here in Nashville or Atlanta. We might have two going at the same time. Yeah. So or I might fly back. It's still trying to figure it out yet. But it's still gonna happen regardless. You know? And I always do that for St. Judes as well.
1: So and and you also you also do you, when you do the when you do your uh, homeless charities do you do that as
0: well dressed up
1: in hip hop trooper?
0: I don't. I do it. Well, I've done it once in San Diego. Um, I dressed up as hip hop trooper. You know, went into some very unsavory areas, but was it was welcome because the thing is, and going back to you know not having blasters and stuff like that. You know, I'm, I'm downtown San, San Diego where everyone else is dressed up in costume, taking pictures, having time in their life. I'm, down, I'm downtown with an amazing group of people, real-life superheroes, and we're feeding the homeless, and I'm playing music, and people are coming out of their tents and they're dancing. Kids are coming out of their t- tents and they're dancing. And it's like music crosses all barriers and breaks down barriers. Yeah. And um, even some guys will come up to me like, oh, man, you shouldn't be wearing that chain. You'll get robbed and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, it's not real. You know, like, there's no real diamonds in space, man. You know, and, you know I got <laughs> this and you in Tatooine. You know, this is a... Um, but that, it was funny, and people get a kick out of it, you know, and uh, I did it that one time, but all the other time, I use my costume, I use my popularity to raise the money. Then when I go downtown um, to give out, you know, my care packages and such, I do it in regular clothes, because to me, it's not about a show... For me. Now if if I'm with a group of people and we're gonna plan something where it makes sense to me to wear the suit, then I'll do it. But I don't have to wear the suit because guess what? I'm hip hop trooper now. I put the suit on, I'm still hip hop trooper. But I don't hip hop trooper doesn't have to do everything because it's not it's not about me proving I'm doing something or I'm doing a show. Like I, I carry care packages in my car all the time, bags with toothpaste, toothbrush, comic books socks, um, toiletries, space blankets. And uh, I see homeless guys all the time. I jump out the car, you know, I I give it to them. They appreciate it. Um, But I don't put that on Instagram. I don't say, look, I don't put my helmet on. say, Hey, I'm Hip Hop trooper, Look at me. You know, and occasionally I will film stuff not to prove this is what I'm doing, just really just to inspire others. You know, right now in my car, I have probably 20 pairs of kicks. And every time I see somebody homeless with, beat out shoes, I give them to them. Um, I've been very fortunate with clothing. I get a lot of free shit, so I'm always recycling my old stuff. And some stuff is brand new, like I gave away wear a brand new pair of shoes the other day, simply because I just don't wear them, and I don't think I'm ever gonna wear them. Um, but I always keep stuff in my car. But I don't, a lot of people don't know that. Unless you roll with me, you see these things on a daily basis, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I go to restaurants, every time I take my food to go, nine times out of 10, I I give it to somebody. All I'm gonna do is take it home, put it in the fridge, two days later, I'm gonna throw it out. So that doesn't make sense. Um, But I've always been that way. And then I just, just, you know, the world we live in, man, it's the little things. You don't have to do a lot to really help people. You know, if I can do one thing and, and inspire 50, they might inspire 20 here, 20 there, 30 here, 40 there. So then, you know, everyone's just doing what they can. You know, some people like to recycle, and then some people like to help people. I'm terrible at recycling. My wife goes crazy all the time. She's like, you're putting the wrong things in the wrong things. And I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm, I try. I do. I really try. But when I'm in a rush, I just, that's the trash. I just throw it in the trash. Um, but I do other things. So I might be destroying the environment with my music and my lack of recycling skills. But I'm, ha- I'm helping human beings out.
2: Yeah.
1: Hey we, we we hey we can trade evils, it's all good. <laughs> it's, you know, nobody's
0: perfect, man. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. So, I leave the toilet open, I leave <laughs> open all the time. You know, any given day there'd be five pair of, pairs of kicks just all over the house, jackets, shoes. Yeah. Nobody's
2: perfect.
1: And so how was like so this is crazy. So I remember um I remember there's I well, I remember I was on Instagram one day and um you know I remember Tyrese Gibson. Um he posted that he he wanted to be uh on GQ magazine, GQ Man of Year, GQ Man of Year. He kept posting, trying to pull that energy, you know. And you, you see celebrities, you know, in that magazine and you think to yourself, like, you know, no ordinary person can make that list. And not to say that celebrities aren't ordinary people you know, Mm. with extraordinary abilities. It's just the fact that, you know, when you're on the low end and you see people that you've been looking up to and admiring your whole life achieve stuff like that, you know, it makes you wonder like, you know, what type of person does it take? And then you made it. Mm -hmm. How humbling was that moment for you? Like, how how did that, and not to interrupt you, how did that, how did that
0: even happen? How did that phone call happen? How did that phone call happen? It was, well, I didn't even know, but I'm, when I'm not a hip-hop trooper and doing other multiple things, I'm a bartender. So I used to compete in a lot of bartending competitions. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge competition held by Bombay Sapphire and GQ Magazine. It's called The Most Inspired Bartender. I ended it for two years, came second twice. Didn't want to do it again. You know, I just felt it was kind of fixed. But it wasn't. That was just me. That was my LeBron James moment, you know. I was like, this is fixed. You know. I need some help. <laughs> <Right> <laughs> I, um, the third year, I wasn't going to do it. And I remember they called me. It's like, are you going to enter this year? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. And I remember I was wearing shorts, T-shirt, hat to the back. And showed up. Everyone's wearing suits and stuff. And it's very, very prestige, you know, very high-end. So I show up. I'm doing my thing. I'm doing tricks. Don't get me wrong. I made an amazing cocktail. I was very cocky, very flamboyant. And even the judges, I was a little bit... Kind of like, I was very hard on the judges. Like it was the other way around. Like they were saying stuff to me and I was basically telling them, basically kiss my ass. You know, this is mine, you know, this is how I'm doing it. Watch my technique. Anyway, so I won the whole thing. <laughs> um, and then I went to Vegas to compete in the finals. And during Vegas, you know, we had a photo shoot and it made GQ magazine. And I was right there, Man of the Year issue, Jay-Z on the cover. Um, yeah, actually, well, here it is, look. It's on the wall.
2: Here. Yeah, I don't know if you can see it, but GQ
0: magazine. Hmm. Yeah. And there was another, there was actually two covers. There was one with Jimmy Fallon and Justin Timberlake on one cover, that's that one, and the other cover, I think it's in the living room somewhere, is the one with Jay-Z on the front, and then I'm in there. But yeah, it was, and the funny thing, I forgot about it, you know, and, cause Vegas was just a blur, man. We were just partying. <laughs> and, Two months later, I was in Atlanta, and I was in Publix, and I was just spending money. You can't go in Publix and not spend at least $60. You get one apple and a banana, it's going to be $60. (laughs) 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 Facts. I'm literally going through the magazine aisle. I don't know why, and I saw it, and I saw Manly and I saw Bombay Sapphire, and I I was like, oh, shit. So I picked it up, and I was digging through it, and there I am right there, and I was like. And an old lady was next to me, and she was like, is that you? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, huh. and then I'm buying one. I've never met anybody famous before. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. I gave her a hug, and I was like, I'm not really famous. But then about four copies, and I, I sent some back home to England and stuff. But it was very, very humbling. And even to this day, you brought it up. It's something I never really talk about. Um, but you're right. to be. I'm from Black Belize, Oxford, which is a pretty rough town. Um, And I, I've had a lot of success with basketball and various things, but to be in GQ magazine, like I can go on eBay right now and find that magazine, buy it, open it up, boom, there's me, GQ magazine, you know, pretty huge, you know. And it's something that I don't, to this day, I still don't realize the enormity of it all. But it's like, you're right, like I don't know anybody in my circle that's been in GQ magazine. I don't. Besides celebrities and stuff and superstars I've never met. But yeah, like, little me, man, just GQ magazine. And it's funny because I took my um, Stormtrooper helmet with me, and I wanted to hold it in the magazine, but they wouldn't let me. <laughs> I had to have the Hip Hop Trooper helmet right here, and they wouldn't let me do it in the, in the, in the uh, shoot. But that would have been even cooler. And then so- I would have made it, and Hip Hop Trooper would have made GQ magazine. Facts. And, um, and you- I, I, but I mean, as Hip Hop Trooper,
1: uh, you were on TV, uh, before, right? The daily, the daily share, right?
0: That was you, right? Yeah, yeah. I hosted CNN. Oh, that was a rough morning, man. I was um, uh, and I know trooper you been in Maxim, Empire, quite a few magazines. They always get my name wrong. They call me like DJ Trooper, Swag Trooper. I'm like, do some research, man. Trooper, <laughs> man. Who is this guy? Who is But Everyone, knows this to me. So it's okay. Um, uh, yeah, Daily Share. So CNN hit me up and they wanted me to like host the show. And it was rough, man. I partied at DragonCon about six in the morning. Had to be there at eight. I remember, I don't think I've ever been so hungover in my life. But well, you can't tell watching it because, of course, I'm wearing a helmet. Yeah. So in one, one earpiece, I have the producers, you know, counting down. We're going live five, four, three, no, five, eight, da, 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 positions, positions. In the other ear, I had the live broadcast, so the TV, the commercials, and what's going on. So I've got all this mumbo-jumbo in my ear and nothing but static on my brain. And it was... Half the time, my eyes were closed. I was just like this the whole time. It's like, can we just get this over with? <laughs> oh, man, I felt so rough. I remember in the break room, they gave me all this food. I just... I couldn't eat it. I just felt rough. But it came out good, though. It came out cool. That, 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 that was fun. So you're bringing up all these things, man. And it's funny because I don't, I remember them because I I repost sometimes and stuff like that. But I don't, I don't remember them. You know, it kind of like when I drank wine with William Shatner. I did music videos with Black Eyed Peas. And I've um, done a bunch of music videos, actually. A bunch of them. All the good ones I've done never came out. Um, but spent a whole day on set. Um, even when I did the TV show with Donnie Simpson, um, some other stuff i don't know i have to really sit down and think about it it's like trying to remember what i ate in the last month every single day and i'm just like i don't remember and so how did like how did just
1: like how did your partnership with champion come about like how because that's that's probably new to a lot of people who are going to be listening to this like um i know we see the gear but we always think you know for old hip-hop heads we think oh he's just you know trying to rep old school hip-hop attire but you
0: actually Work with them. Yeah, but you're right. Like most people know, like the '90s Champion was huge in the hip hop culture. Mm-hmm. Watch any of those old TV rap videos. Everything was Champion. The NBA, everything was Champion. You know, the Olympics, the Dream Team, they were Champion. You know, Champion was huge. Champion took a little break for a little while, but the last three three years or so, Champion is huge now, especially in the urban market, the fashion market. I go to the mall now and I see there's a high end Champion like everywhere you go now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did, it's a show called Agenda in LA. So I was there with Hip Hop Trooper. And uh, I was walking past the Champion booth and they had all these cool hoodies and puffer jackets and stuff. My wife was like, wow, I haven't seen Champion in years. And this stuff is so cool. And, like, and it's so like street and it's urban. And we stopped and look, but I had the boombox playing and stuff. And then all of a sudden like a hundred people surrounded, people dancing. And there was a bunch of guys from like um, I guess The Voice and uh, various dancing shows that showed up and they were having the Cypher and then all of a sudden this champion booth was just on fire for like an hour. So afterwards, like there's a guy there named Manny, who was like, he's like in charge of everything that's dope for Champion. He was like, hey man, can you can you do that again? Like come back. And I was like, yeah, sure. He was like, take what you want, man, jackets, whatever you want. So you know. Doing all the stuff and stuff came back and then the relationship pretty much started from there and then he was like hey man could you um any chance you can kind of like take the adidas off your suit and i was like i can't really do that but i'll do something else so then i made the champion chain mm-hmm. and i a show with them and he was like oh man that's awesome but you know you're still kind of like wearing like the adidas <laughs> could you like and i was like i tell you what You help me, I help you, and I'll make a fresh suit. So I went back, spent about three weeks, made the Champion Edition suit, which is technically the same, but there's a lot of differences in the Champion suit. It's a lot more fitted. i want to be a little bit more slender fit than the OG suit. Um, But yeah, and now I do shows with them. Um, I've gone to North Carolina and I've DJed the uh, Champion's headquarters. Um, Really lots of cool stuff. Um, with Champion. What, what I like about Champion is they're, they're in my corner. Like, I've never really had anybody to help me. Now, that I have friends that are artists, toy makers, and I've got a huge support from the hip-hop community and artist community, massive. But I don't have a big corporation like, like Champion who's willing to help me with my charity events and going to shows and stuff like that. So that's huge. Um, it's kind of funny. It's something that Adidas could have done, um, but they never wanted to. But we never really had that conversation. But they know about me. They, that's like saying the Star Wars know about you. Of course they know about me. But they just, I know they like me, but they ain't going to cut me a shoe deal. Yeah. I'm at work. you know. And it's so funny. I've got friends that have been to Adidas headquarters and seen posters of me in the headquarters. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> been to Adidas stores and seeing posters of me. Like I've seen all this stuff, you know, and I've been there and I'm like, that's me. And they're like, no way. And I show them pictures, and I'm like, oh my God, it's really you. Um, so all these, they know, but they don't, they're not trying to feed me, but I'm okay with it because I never, I, this was never an idea to make me set for life. Yeah. This was, uh, so, this was never something I thought would blow up on a worldwide scale. Um, not million years, man, and that's the beauty of it, and that's the reason why I still do it. Cause it's never been a goal for me. It's just I'm just living, and I create this character that's now larger than life, and it's inspired so many people. But I just keep doing it, you know. and I'm the same guys. So going back
1: to going back to the roots of it all, um, with you being like like with you being with you being a blurred nerd. We, uh, How do you, and being, you know, raised in the hip hop culture, how do you feel about hip hop influences in their culture? Like when uh, Marvel had those hip hop covers for their artwork or anime lately has been using a lot, especially like uh, between the late, the mid to late 90s and now using a lot of hip hop influences, like in their intros or in their themes, like, you know, as a, as a hip hop OG, oh, that would have to make you feel elated, right? Seeing cultural boundaries crossed.
2: Yeah, of course. I
0: love it, man. And It's, like, it's kind of like, and it has to happen, you know, especially with the everything being sort of retro now. Like, retro is cool. Like, arcade bars are opening all over America, you know. <laughs> like, I, I work in a place, Kong Tu Salem downtown Nashville. And it's funny, because all these uh, millennials, I never say it right, the millennials, my wife makes fun of me, I never say it right, but all these young kids in their <laughs> 20s, right, they're like, hey man, you know, just where, where's the credit card slot? You know, like, uh, I'm like, look, it says quarters, you put quarters in these are old school arcade machines, NBA Jam, Pac Man, Donkey Kong. And they're, they're like, wait, you put money in? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, quarters, you probably have some in your pocket right now, you put them in, you hit play one. They're just like so confused, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, man, like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> And at the Donkey Kong trying to swipe
1: a credit card, like, confused, trying to, like, log into PayPal. I'm like, bro, like, this is just, put a quarter in there, man. <laughs> you know, kids aren't used to arcades. I remember, uh, I remember when my mom was in, was doing laundry at the laundromat, she'd give me quarters so I could go to the arcade and leave her alone while she folded clothes. You know, Mortal Kombat, uh, I remember when Mortal Kombat came out. I remember when Tekken first came out, Donkey Kong, Wreck-It Ralph, um... What else? There's so many. Rampage, I remember playing all those games. Street Fighter II. Uh, Like, yeah.
0: When that quarter ran out,
2: it was <laughs> devastating.
0: Man. Your life was like, over. Yeah. It was like, and that music, like <laughs> You just stand there and you look around and just, the whole world just goes dark. And then you walk around, trying. you, you got this, this two finger motion where you're checking all the machines to see if someone's left a quarter somewhere. I'm like, man, I still do it today. They end up work sometimes. I'm walking around like doing this. Ah, I found a quarter. Boom, street fight. five, let's go. Um, but yeah, man, it was like, there was no continue. I mean, continue came along, obviously, in certain games. But nowadays, you can play a PlayStation game all day and you'll beat the game eventually because the game will give you a million chances. Yeah. You, know, you don't really die anymore in games. You just respawn and get back up and go again, which is cool. But, you know, I came from the dying area, mm. dying S, where when you died, you went way back to the start of it the game. Man. No, yes, <laughs> level one, <laughs> level one,
1: no, like level one or like in fighting games, they would give you the option, but they count down from nine and you had nine seconds to find another quarter before they shut mm. it down. Yo, mm. that was the most devastating thing ever. When your mom wouldn't give you a quarter, or you couldn't find one other machine. Yo, yeah. devastation.
0: Devastation. Tell cause you got things now, future like stranger things, and all this new stuff is so nostalgic now. And it's making this huge comeback. Same with fashion. There was outfits five years ago you could find it at the thrift shop. Ten dollars. Mm. Those same outfits now are two hundred dollars. I saw Compass just release some sneakers with duct tape and rips in you know? them. Like what? They look like they just fell off the telephone pole. And I think they're like three hundred bucks and kids are buying them. Like, it's, it's insane. What? It's insane. Nah, no, yeah. no. I'm not buying those sneakers with duct tape on no. them. I gotta Google it's that down. But it's, it's, an, it's the cool thing, I guess.
1: No, yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree with you because people have like holes in their clothes now and that's a fashion statement. I'm like, why do you have holes in your clothes? That's- I'm a little guilty of that. I'm a
0: little guilty of that because I have some favorite shirts that got ripped. So I was like, and just cut a few more. There we go. <laughs> I'm guilty of that. I have a few shirts that got a lot of holes in them. Uh, my wife hates them. She hates them. Uh, but I wear them. And, then, and, they're, and they're comfy, man. They're cool. You get like this breeze that goes all around. You know, it's cool. I like it, man. You gotta be careful. like You gotta cut the holes in the right place. Because one time I cut a hole with the nipple was. Oh, yeah. And I, I out the house and I was like, I got this nipple hole. That's not cool, man. Why
1: no? Why no? I like I went no, I went to buy jeans and they had a cut in the thigh and I was like, I can't do this. Like went, like they had a cut in the thigh, both thighs had a cut and like the knees. And I was like, I'm used to seeing this on on women's clothes but like as as a man i'm confused because i didn't know if my jeans were supposed to do that and dudes walk around with like all type like cut up jeans and cut up shirts and they're like yeah man it's a fashion statement and then the pants are super tight and i'm like not where i'm from that's not a thing like I, I when did this happen like literally overnight people started dressing completely different and i i haven't caught up yet i quit and just decided to go with sweatpants and a t-shirt like I'm, i i don't know what to do yeah
0: i try anything. well to an extent. I've never been a fan of sagging my pants. That's, that's, to me, that's not comfortable. If, if my walk has to change, and I I'm, I'm walk wide-legged le- like a crab, <laughs> like, I, I can't, no, I've never been to that. Like, I need a belt, or I buy clothes, that's it. Uh, one thing I could never get into in the early 2000s is when people were leaving tags on their caps. Remember, people leave every sticker on the cap and every tag on the cap. That's judgment, that, that's judgment. <laughs>
2: I've
0: I, I never done that. I, I never understood that. Like, are you planning on taking it back to the shop? Or do you want to check really how much it costs? That, I didn't get that. That I just didn't get.
1: I they, never did that. I bought my stickers off my hats. And that was a Southern thing too. And we thought we were so cool when we did that. And like, that was the hugest fashion statement was leave the 5950 and the, <laughs> and the hardback. Like, hey, I, I I don't know. I'm okay. I'm guilty of that. <laughs> I'm guilty of that one. I was like, man, it's so cool with the stickers. and Or like leaving the tags on the Timberlands. I'm guilty of that too. So, all right, all
0: right, we're even. <laughs> we're even. My wife did make fun of me. We went to see Bruno Mars the other night. Amazing. Hands down the greatest entertainer in the world right now. I'm a planet. fan. So we went to see Bruno Mars, and I wore a FUBU tracksuit. My wife made fun of me the whole time. She was like, you're officially an old black man now trying to be young in the club with the FUBU tracksuit on.
1: You, you know how much people would pay for that tracksuit? I've been looking for a FUBU tracksuit for the longest. It's like $500 easily. The new ones though, that just came out with the Puma. The Puma and FUBU did the collab. Mm-hmm. You seen mm-hmm. those ones? No, I did not seen those yet. I heard, I didn't know they released yet. I heard about them. <laughs> oh shit, broken.
2: But see, FUBU and Puma did a collab, so.
0: Actually, they're, they're not that expensive now. When I first wanted to get it, it was like 300 bucks, But I think I picked this up for like 120 for the whole set. Yeah, I need
1: that in my life. Because yeah. the last time I wore FUBU was a Fat Albert collection. And that went out of style. I tried to like maybe Google search some eBay, some stuff. Like maybe nobody cares about this. No, we care. We care deeply. <laughs> so, and the price reflected. And I was like, Oops. darn.
0: I, I support Cross Colors with Daniel Comeback, FUBU, British Knight. Um, these that are things nice. that wow, I awesome. couldn't obtain as a kid. So when I get the chance now, I jump on it, man. Absolutely. Just... So after
1: this interview, I'm going to go buy that. I'm going to go Google that Fubu Puma. And if I can get it delivered up here to Alaska, it's happening. I need it. Oh, it's back
0: my... too, man. It's smooth. It's smooth. Bro. It's smooth. <laughs> I need that in my life. <laughs>
2: it's super pippish.
0: You're going to wear it, no shirt underneath and a gold chain. Challenge accepted.
1: <laughs> if I can find it, if they ship up here, <laughs> Take it's the tag here.
0: off. Take the tag off, man. Don't need the tag on. That's things.
1: judgment. Are you really? We doing that? <laughs> that's judgment.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: one look. If you can have holes in your t-shirt, I can have one tag. What? <laughs> I go buy some. I go buy some Tims and leave a tag on the Tim's. That's why. Do you do that?
0: Cool, because it's like that little leather thing. That little yeah. lever thing. Nice tag, but it doesn't say like fifty. It doesn't say like one hundred and twenty dollars. It's going to have a barcode. If your tag has a barcode, you're going to take it off, man. <laughs> like, I think it was like True Religion jeans, and the tag was like this big. Oh, yeah. Big tag. Like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> no, challenge accepted. If I
1: if I find it, if, if I can find it and they ship up here, then challenge accepted. I will tag you in that picture. It'll happen. I'll tag you. I'll tag you. But all right, man. We're going to wrap this up. It's Saturday. I don't want to take up too much of your, t- your weekend time. I appreciate it, man. I thoroughly, thoroughly appreciate it, man. It's been an honor and a privilege having you on the show today, man. Thank you for coming. Nah, big ups, man. Um, it's been
0: fun, bro. And uh, keep in touch. Um, and I'll, I'll let you know about some projects. Actually, they showed you something pretty cool. So uh, my friend, the pal, they just released the t shirt So he designed this really dope sticker. Uh, it's the first to feature the Death Star Blaster. No, the Death Destroyer, the Death Destroyer boombox. So these actually just got released online, you know, the the t-shirt collection, super fresh, which I'm actually going to on Instagram after this. I'm going to post the links, how to get them and stuff like that. But uh, this is my latest little piece of swag, just super cool. And there's another thing, like I'm so... The amount of merchandise, from hats to pins to stickers to t-shirts is insane, man. And I don't have a factory in my house, you know, I don't have, but I have these culture influences all over the world, these amazing artists that put pen to paper and get creative and make me look cool and kind of keep my legacy going and and make all this stuff accessible for people to rock this hip-hop trooper gear, man. And it's just, it blows my mind, man. It makes me extremely humble at the same time no yeah i i I'm be looking
1: for that link I want that that is actually a really dope design I want that I want that
2: yeah,
0: yeah. it's cool' really really good quality stuff too
1: yeah I'll definitely be yeah, I'll definitely be looking out for that, definitely because that is dope, man, but all right, man, we're gonna let you go. I'm about um I appreciate it, man i am definitely gonna stay in touch uh hopefully I can get you back on the show again. I know you. Yeah. And hip hop and anime vibes would be a really, really good show. I don't know if you know who he is, but he's out of, uh, he's out of the Midwest, and he does hip hop and anime. Um, yeah. and, and like how they his his page is all about how they come together and bridge that gap. And so, like, yeah, like YouTube, that'd be probably the show of a lifetime. So, but yeah, hopefully we can get you again, man. But you take it easy and uh, have a nice day, and I appreciate it, man. Thank
0: you. All right, man. Let's, let's do it. It's uh, a couple of weeks or whatever. Let's
2: do it. Uh, maybe I'll arm her up
0: for that one, man. Maybe I'll arm her up. Who knows? Ben. All right, bro. All Peace right. out, man. Yep, thank you.